You're listening to Creatively Human with honest conversations about what matters to us and how it really feels to build an online business, put our work out into the world, make an impact in our own unique way, and importantly, to get well paid for it. I'm your host, Ruth Poundwhite, business mentor to quietly ambitious humans. Before we dive into today's episode, I just wanted to let you know that if you're listening to this on the release day, which is the 13th of February, then I have a live workshop happening tonight, but there will be a replay if you can't make it live. It's all about running challenges on Instagram that grow your following, your email list, and your customer base. Find out more at ruthpoundwhite.com forward slash challenges. It's going to be amazing. And I'm actually thinking of turning this one into a bit of a mini course. So now really is the time to grab it and take advantage of the smaller investment. Anyway, on to the episode. Today I'm chatting with Josephine Brooks and we're talking all about the power of simplicity and of doing less in business and how that actually relates to being more productive in what you get done. We talk a lot about reducing overwhelm, about being kind to yourself, about protecting your mental health and how it all ties in with the traditional kind of mindset around what it means to be productive. So before we dive in, let me tell you a bit more about Josephine. She is a planning and productivity mentor who helps purpose-driven creatives find clarity, plan more effectively, and make it happen in their business. Her mission is to empower creative business owners to do more of what they love and create the slower, more meaningful lifestyle they long for. But her philosophy isn't all about being busy and striving to get more done, as you'll hear in this episode. It's all about doing less and focusing on the most impactful projects and tasks. Aside from her work, Josephine is a self-confessed country bumpkin living a slow and seasonal life in the Hampshire countryside. She can often be found in her wellies walking her two dogs or drinking many cups of tea from the garden in summer or by the fire in winter. You can find her at josephinebrooks.co.uk. She's also on Instagram at josephinebrooks and she has her own podcast, Make a Plan, Make It Happen. I know you're going to love this episode and it gets really philosophical. I enjoyed recording it so much. I would like to ask you, first of all, why is simplicity so important to you? Because you proposed this topic to me and I just want to know why it matters so much. Yeah, it's such a good question. I find myself banging on about this all the time and I feel like everyone is so sick of me saying productivity isn't about getting more and more and more done. It's about doing less and focusing on the most impactful tasks and projects. And I feel like everyone is so bored of me saying that, but I guess... I've always been, I've always naturally kind of gone in the direction of simplicity. I've always been quite a declutterer. I'm actually to my detriment. I just love deleting stuff Mm -hmm. and just like clearing out my inbox. And sometimes I go too far and then I realize I need a file that I've kind of ditched. But when I really started to appreciate simplicity and actually make it a focus, an intentional focus was back in 2006. No, 18, when I was signed off work with anxiety and depression. And I was just really struggling with it that year or that summer. And because I was signed off my nine to five work, I was side hustling at the time. I kind of felt like, right, I need to take a break from all of my work, from my business as well, and just really scale it back. And I kind of looked at it and just picked out the most essential things that still needed to happen when I was signed off of which there was very little. 
and realised it actually wasn't essential for me to be on Instagram every other day or it wasn't actually essential for me to put my podcast out every week. So it's all went on the back burner and it just instantly helped my anxious mind for one thing. But I also, when I came back to my business after that about a month off, I realised that actually the sky hadn't caved in there was still people following me on Instagram. Everyone hadn't just run away. And actually, you can get away with doing a lot less and just doing things well rather than feeling like you've got to do as much as humanly possible. And for me especially, but I think all of us, it, we're so much more effective when we're focused rather than trying to batch together 20 different of the same task or when we're trying to fit 10 different projects into a day. Um, so there's the focus thing, but also it can be so exhausting, that kind of traditional sense that we're supposed to be getting as much done as possible and boosting our productivity. And yeah, so I think that's really what helped me discover that actually you can do less and just focus on the really, really essential things. And actually, that's probably enough. As long as you can figure out what those impactful tasks are, you can probably get away with just doing those. And that just makes life simpler. But also, you know, whether you struggle with anxiety or not, it just makes life and business a lot less overwhelming and a lot less stressful. So yeah, but how about how about you? Because I know it's a big topic for you as well. Yeah. And it's interesting, because what I picked up on was you kind of needed to see the evidence that that the sky didn't fall in. Like, so you wouldn't have trusted it had you not been forced into that position. And I've had a similar experience to that. Because I've had times in my business and life where because I've been running my business for a long time. And at first, I did try and just do all the things and I it didn't even occur to me to try and do it differently. But over time, I figured it out, you know, and and as more people started talking about, you know, it's not all about the hustle and all of that, I started to, you know, think about that more. But really concrete things. So, for example, like when I was doing marathon training, I was taking, like, as you build up the training, you take longer and longer runs, right? And, they, yeah. and sometimes you're out for hours. And I realized it actually made absolutely no difference to like what I was getting done. And that was really interesting oh, because really? it's like, yeah. I had less time in the day to work, but I was actually getting the same amount of stuff done. So that kind of opened me a bit more to that kind of possibility that time and productivity isn't exactly what we always think it is. And, um, and then it especially kind of more similar to yours in, in terms of it was a kind of a health thing. When I was pregnant, I was really sick um, as a lot of people are when they're pregnant, but I found it very hard to work through it. I had to lie in bed a lot and I was just, it was mentally really hard. So I did everything that I could do to get through it mentally, which was a lot of watching Netflix and a lot of like, I had this like um, computer game that I was really into mm-hmm. called Stardew yeah. Valley. It was lovely. And um, that really got me through. And I And I had like my best ever year in business. And oh, the wow. best part of that year I was, well, not for the best, but, but like half the year I was really quite sick because it lasted quite a long time in my pregnancy and it just sort of showed me mm. like you can, because I wasn't like not working completely, but I was working a lot less. So it was like that proof thing and I try and remember that. And even now, and I don't know if you have this too, but even now I still go back to like, oh, but oh, but I do need to do more, oh, but it's not yeah. possible to achieve what I want, even though I have that evidence. So do you have to keep choosing it? Yeah, definitely. Actually, it's so relevant because even at the moment, this past couple of weeks, I have felt I've actually gone back to feeling really anxious. 
And um, I don't know whether it's because obviously we're recording this just right at the end of January. So I don't know whether it is just that feeling that at the beginning of the year, you're supposed to know what you're doing and have everything together and be super productive. I'm sure there's a little bit of that subconsciously weaving its way in. And also it feels like uh, there's quite a bit going on in my business at the moment, but I have had to check in and write, write down everything on my list that I felt like I should be doing and actually ask myself, what do I need to do and what don't I need to do and take some things off my list. Um, but you're so right as well about that proof. It really is about proving to yourself that as much as you say, oh, it's all about doing less and simple living or simple business, whatever you want to call it, um, you do need that proof quite often. And uh, yeah, I go back to that a lot. And I feel like it's useful that you're sharing that you're going through a bit of a time of thinking you need to do more because obviously no one is perfect and it's not like a one-time thing. You've like you've decided to, to simplify your life and now it's just simple. It's like you have to keep choosing the simpler option. And I find it is really hard to take things off my plate. There's some things that I just feel like I have to do. And I think it's really culturally ingrained in women as well you know that kind of um domestic stuff and that, all that mental labor yeah. we carry around sometimes you have to really choose not to worry about it like for example we just had people around this weekend and I had a lot of work to get done before they arrived and my husband was you know sorting out the house <laughs> it sounds so simple but I mean no so like silly but I was like I had to consciously tell myself, it's okay if it's a bit messy. It's okay if I don't do that thing that I would normally do when people come around, you know. I'll just leave it to him because I've just got to focus on what needs to get done. And I had to constantly keep choosing it. It's not very easy, but yeah, just reminded me of that. Yeah, it's, it's so hard. And you're so right about, yeah, there's the business side to it, but then there's everything else going on in life as well. So, um, you know, it, and I'm a big one for that as well. I really worry especially if my boyfriend's parents come over for some reason, yeah. like it's got to be clean and tidy. <laughs> yep. He doesn't give a crap. Like his parents don't care, but for some reason I really care and it has to be perfect. And you're right. It's just, uh, it's all exhausting, whether it's kind of physically getting stuff done or even just like the thought of it is quite tiring and just it constantly yeah. having to remind yourself, no one cares. You can get a takeaway. It's allowed, you know, and that kind of stuff. And it's finding yeah. that balance, isn't it, between the things that are okay to let go of and the things that actually do need to get done or yes. the things that you can do later. It's like, yeah, it's finding a balance. Um, I was going to go back, actually, because we're going to talk about prioritizing in a mm. bit, but I'm just going to go back and ask you a bit more about the kind of anxiety um, and depression that you went through, because do, would you say that trying to do too much was like triggering your anxiety yeah when I at the time I was just like I do not know what is triggering this and that that's what I found quite frustrating with going to even going to my doctor or even when I um ended up having a bit of therapy I was just like I I don't know what is triggering triggering this if I knew it would be so much easier but looking back now I think it was I mean, I still struggle to say, right, it was this. But I do think there was a lot of just trying to cram everything in. Um, and obviously I was side hustling. So I had my nine to five and I had a business. But I think it was just my general 
mindset around life like uh, I was at work and I'd pop out at lunchtime to top up with petrol and then I'd go to the shops to get that so that I could save time in the evening so that I could get back home and do business stuff and just thinking about that now just exhausts me but I think it was a little bit of that because it was also at a time when I decided that I would just casually move my website over to Squarespace and it wouldn't take 10 minutes it'd be a really easy job and it ended up taking so long and it was the error I made is that I never set a goal I just kind of said oh, I'm going to launch a new website and I never felt like well you know what it's like having a website you can constantly tweak it you never get to this point where you think okay it's done tick that's that's okay and because I had added that job on top of everything else I, I think to be honest it was probably a quite a long build-up of stuff that kind of just flicked that switch and it just seems to me that once the switch is flicked I just don't I can't see myself ever going back to just always feeling completely fine and not kind of anxious which is um annoying in some ways but also I'm kind of grateful to it because I have a much slower life now it was the real driver between behind leaving my nine to five so and it has taught me all this stuff about you know simplicity and scaling back and prioritizing and stuff which I would probably never have got as focused on if if it wasn't for the anxiety and depression so yeah yeah. definitely I can relate so much to that as someone who also has anxiety and it's not something that is like fixed forever it like comes back but it's like you learn to actually one thing I was thinking is sometimes I hide my own anxiety by doing all the things I don't know if that resonates with you because it it can cause anxiety but it also can mask it if you keep yourself so busy and I actually find I need that space to process things sometimes right yeah to make myself better but yeah like you said it's just it's not like nice to have anxiety but it does teach you things about listening to yourself and knowing your limits and being a bit more selfish in a, in a kind of healthy way yeah definitely yeah I agree I think also what you're talking about there in terms of just being so busy you don't have to think about stuff I think was um kind of when I say it was like a long build-up there was probably quite a lot of that going on like I I, yeah, just really struggle to process stuff emotionally. So I do just bury it under the carpet, carry on being busy. And then you can only do that for so long until it all kind of explodes. So yeah, I resonate with that. But I think now that's when I struggle, I think, is when I start to feel busy and it really scares me because I don't want to go back to that place where, um, where I'm really, really struggling with it. So, but yeah, it's interesting how everyone's, it's one sort of condition but everyone has different stories and and things yeah absolutely and like even asking these questions like in the back of my mind I'm thinking this is like your unique experience obviously it's not as simple as saying did doing too much cause anxiety or whatever but yeah it's it's good to like talk about it in the context of your view of productivity and I was just I guess I was going to say like what would your advice be to someone who finds themselves in that you know they can feel themselves getting a bit like I'm doing too much and I'm worried about it, but I don't know what to do. Do you have any advice for someone who kind of feels like you just described you felt? Yeah, I think first of all, and I know this is easier said than done, but I think you have to be really kind to yourself. And I think that is a process. You can never just kind of 
go from beating yourself up to just being super compassionate with yourself but I think now when I get into this that kind of anxious place which this is kind of fresh in my mind because I've been feeling it recently I'm I find it much easier to say okay it's okay you know there's some stuff here that isn't essential let's look look at everything um you know let's what's what doesn't need to happen and also I've got more comfortable with um I kind of feel like people are pretty understanding if you're you might not always want to be honest about it you might not feel safe to kind of open up about it but I think we put so much pressure on ourselves so if you can take a little bit of that pressure off and say actually that meeting can move and actually my friend's not going to hate me forever if I cancel this weekend you know as long as I give her a few days notice or whatever so yeah I think it's about getting really being really kind to yourself and almost talking to yourself as it was a as if it was a friend which I know sounds silly maybe it might feel silly but that's kind of what you need and then doing that bit first and then looking at the practical stuff so what can we move do you need to take a couple of days off work do you need to cancel those weekend plans um because yeah I think it it helps me anyway to just create that space in my diary probably to just feel like okay so tomorrow I can go for a really long walk don't need to worry about any calls um but yeah I think it all does start with kind of being able to be a bit kinder with yourself really yeah I agree with that because sometimes when I find myself in that space so just an example popped into my head um at the end of 2018 and the beginning of 2019 I was going through a period where I was just like really run down you know just like minor illness after minor illness so it wasn't like anything serious but it was just like going on for so long and I definitely blamed myself for it and I thought I've been doing too much therefore it's my fault whereas it's happened again at the end of 2019 beginning of 2020 and I've looked at it from a different angle firstly because it's if it's happened again but I feel like I've been doing better with like you know not pushing myself then clearly I've done things differently but the same thing has happened so maybe it wasn't my fault in the first place but it's just like it's just like a fact of life that I've got a toddler he goes to nursery he picks up all the germs and I'm tired so I it probably and it's just like it's so it's like the same thing but a shift in perspective and it's like I'm choosing this time not to feel like it's my fault so it doesn't mean that there's not things I can do to like take things off my plate it doesn't mean that there's not a better way to take care of my health but it also doesn't mean I'm bad for letting it have happened in the first place and I think that's when we find ourselves in these positions or anything in business and in life we can tend to like spiral in terms of like I've done this wrong oh I'm bad because I did that wrong and you know it's just like it's not helpful and all that thinking actually takes up a lot of time and energy in itself yeah it does (laughs) Oh. yeah it's exhausting in itself I think as well when we blame ourselves we're kind of in a very stuck sort of mindset whereas if you can when you can start to be kind to yourself and maybe it does just start with baby steps where you kind of just take it maybe you journal if it feels weird to sort of almost like talk to yourself and kind of self-soothe maybe you journal or maybe you start by ringing a friend when you feel stressed or whatever it is um but you start to be able to be more practical with it, okay, and say, okay, so what can I do to change things? Whereas when you're beating yourself up, it's all about this isn't going to change, it's just the way I am, and it, you're a little bit stuck. Um, 
but yeah I'm just conscious it sounds easy said easier said than done I know be kind to yourself but it is a real learning process and something I'm always banging on about this now but something that really helped me with it which is something I picked up from Kat from Blue Jay of Happiness but she um said to me to do just do a list of three things that you did well every day so every yeah it's brilliant isn't it it's so simple it's a bit like gratitude it's so simple but it's so effective for helping you shift from look at what I haven't done look at what's still on my list to look at what I have done and it doesn't have to be life-changing stuff it can just be I drank two liters of water or I got got out for a walk or um yeah I took the kids to the park or you know whatever that can that's a good thing that you did something that you did well and it really does start to shift your mindset to a much kinder place I think yeah I'm glad that you brought that up because I actually did that for a while I had a journal that actually asked me that every day and it was so enlightening and I and I think when you talk about in terms of baby steps that there's a clear example because you can't tell someone to learn to think a thought and then change that thought because we're not even aware of our thoughts and that is an example of something you can do a practical thing that you can do every day and it might just help you become a bit more aware of how you're thinking or how to shift your thoughts and one thing I when I was doing that daily journaling one thing that I noticed about myself was that because there was a section this was in the positive planner journal right okay yeah there was a so there was a morning page and an evening page and on the evening page it was something like how did I feel about today And through doing it, and it only took me a couple of minutes every day, through doing this journaling and answering that question, what I learned about myself was that I was judging how I felt about every day based on what I got done that day. So it really leads back to this productivity thing. And I honestly had no idea that I didn't, I had some idea in a way, but that made it so clear to me that, that I was, yeah, determining sort of the value of a day based on productivity. I really didn't know that my productivity had such a weight in terms of how important I felt so I thought that was really interesting to realize and I guess that comes back to you thinking you mentioning how the kind of traditional way we've talked about productivity is not actually a good thing and it's not actually what you believe in yeah absolutely I think well yeah this kind of traditional way of looking at productivity that's all about packing more in and boosting your productivity and And I think when a lot of people start reading my content or watch videos or listen to my podcast or whatever, I think they kind of want to hear these amazing tips that I've got about, okay, here's how you can pack, you know, you can write five blog posts in an hour by batching or setting up a theme day or, you know, and all of those tools are useful when you pick and choose the ones that work for you. But the real secret and it's not a secret you know I'm doing air bunnies here but the secret to productivity is it is doing less and it's it's hard because it comes back to that whole letting go and get building confidence with letting things go so that you can just focus on that impactful stuff and that is what people really really struggle with is the prioritizing things um because again, we just we want to do all the things because A, we feel like we have to, we have to do all the things. And maybe that does come back to, you know, connecting our self-worth very closely to how much we get done. So if we're getting less done, you know, that's impacting on our self-worth. So maybe that's part of the struggle there. Um, 
but yeah so many people really struggle with the prioritization and yeah again I think lots of people want to hear this kind of magic tool that helps you prioritize but I think it is something that you build your confidence with and you get better with as you kind of keep doing it um and actually something that helped me with that was to declutter my entire house (laughs) which actually happened when I was signed off work at the same time I mentioned earlier but I thought what am I going to do with all this time and you know probably (laughs) you know probably um a lot of people with anxiety or you know just people that often feel overwhelmed can resonate I really struggle with doing nothing so I decluttered my entire house and actually I felt such a huge benefit from doing that it just felt like I had more physical space it just felt less cluttered it felt lighter um and yeah it made a huge difference to I guess just my well-being just day-to-day life really and then I thought okay well if that's the benefits that come from letting go of stuff and again this is coming back to like proving to myself that it works um that really boosted my confidence with the whole um ditching things from my to-do list or even deleting digital files and things that we kind of hang on to um so yeah I mean that all comes back to proof um can't even remember how we even got onto that little ramble but I was going to ask you more about like how do people prioritize and it's interesting that you brought up decluttering because it seems like it doesn't seem directly related but I can see how it clears something out of your mental to-do mental to-do list I guess yeah I think it's just letting go of stuff and proving to yourself I haven't even noticed that's been missing and I got rid of it a year ago or just having that feeling of more space and um calm I think I think for, for me anyway it was that and I always kind of suggest to people when they're really struggling with prioritization to to maybe have a go at that even just declutter your wardrobe and just see how that feels and actually yeah when you let go of that thing it feels horrible because you think oh but I might wear it again um but you let go of it and then you realize a few months later actually haven't given it a second thought um but yeah with prioritizing tasks and things I usually say to do what I mentioned earlier which is get everything down in one place because like we were saying earlier when you're trying to remember oh it's mum's birthday oh I need to get that blog post live oh I've got to listen to that podcast and then I've got to go and pick up the kids or whatever it's almost using up half of your brain power it's just constantly reminding you of all these things so to list it all out and then to and this is the hard bit where there's no magic answer but to get really honest with yourself and say what don't I need to do here what is not gonna make the biggest difference if I don't do it and actually I think most of us have things on our on our list that we can we can get either get rid of completely or we can put it onto a sort of waiting list um and I help a lot of people with planning and have a wall planner that I um share with people and um I'm just looking at now there's a section on it that says ideas for next quarter and I always say to people you're not saying no to doing these projects or working on these tasks forever it's just not right now and actually if you write them down on an ideas for next quarter waiting list or whatever in a document in your computer you can kind of let your brain rest a little bit because you know you've got those ideas written down you know they're not a priority right now and then it just frees up a bit of headspace to focus on the important stuff 
but yeah it, it's a practice I think the prioritization thing oh definitely and um I was going to say, actually, something that helps me is to think about, because, you know, as business owners, I think, I guess everyone is prone to doing this, but entrepreneurs have loads of ideas. It's just like the thing, isn't it? And you want it all to be done right now. And I just feel like it just helps me to remember that I'm in this business for the long haul. Like I have time and, and also I just do better work when I can let myself get into a state of flow and that was my word for the year last year. And it made me reflect on it a lot. And yeah, getting into that state of flow when I'm actually producing my work, that can't happen when I'm ticking a million things off a to-do list. I have to create space, even though, and I I am someone who who often thinks, I don't have time, I don't have time. You know, I go back to that a lot, especially since having a child. Um, but it, you can create it if you are intentional about it. And actually that reminds me, I think... I can't remember. It's just come to the top of my head like a post I saw on social media. It was Kate Northrup because her book, I don't know if you're familiar with her work, but she's got a book called Do Less. And um, I read that last yeah. year. And yeah. she posted something about creating space in your life doesn't just happen. You have to choose it. And I was thinking, of course, you have to choose it because, I mean, it's so simple, but it, but you have to because otherwise things fill it up it's like when you have a spare wardrobe or whatever you or like you buy a bigger house or you move somewhere bigger and then you end up filling it up with crap even though you lived in like a one bedroom flat and it was fine you move up and you just fill it with crap it's just like that really and um yeah I just think it creates better work as well as well as making you feel better um how has how has being a mum kind of affected how you prioritize stuff because I bet that's been (laughs) Yeah, really shift the priorities in your life and work. It has. It's made it better. Like I am better at prioritizing and it's not it's not just because of the time thing. It's also because I mean, I've had like anxiety for a long time, but after my son was born, you know, it was really bad and depression. So because of that, that taught me a lot as well. So I guess from a time perspective, I have to prioritize, but I also know that I need to take care of my mental health. Like it's real, like that is my priority, like top priority, really. Even before taking care of my son, really, because it's so important for him that he has a well It enables you to, yeah, Yeah. to do that. So it has helped me massively. I feel like I'm really good at prioritizing now. It's like, it's quite nice to be able to say that because I think I had a lot of time before, I'm not saying that I didn't feel busy before, but I have less open spaces of time now. So it has really helped me. And I've also had to, and this was another thing I was going to bring up with you, actually. It's had, I've had to not only learn to prioritize in terms of tasks, but also learn to really tune into my intuition and how I feel about things based on, you know, like all the noise that's out there of like what you should be doing in your business and things like that. I think I've become much, much better at that. And I thought, I just wanted to bring that up because I feel like that is another reason why we add things to our to-do lists because we feel like I need to do this, I need to do that. Such and such does it this way. I'm not good enough if I do it this way. Yeah, absolutely. It's such a big one. And I think that's one of the, it's a great thing about the time where we're at right now with business is that we're not really lacking information on how to build a business anymore. But it's almost detrimental sometimes because there is so much advice and there's so many people saying, oh, you should do this. You should be got to be on Pinterest and you've got to be on Instagram. And actually, you've got to have a Facebook group and you have to do a weekly blog and you should really be setting up that new system. And it is it's exhausting. And we take all of this on 
without often even realizing it because I guess we're just so used to kind of doing what we're told a lot of the time or kind of feeling like especially in business oh that's that's the secret is this new tool or whatever so whenever I feel like that I will stop listening to business podcasts for a little bit just for a couple of weeks because it it just instantly helps you then get back to your own um your own voice basically or your own you know whatever you want to call it your own guidance as it were rather than listening to everyone else um I've also started uh deleting Instagram from my phone quite a bit especially during the day that is partly a procrastination thing (laughs) yeah but it is also to stop me being subconsciously influenced by what other people are doing because I think a lot of the time we don't even realize it's happening it's sort of subconscious and I think I'm following as well it doesn't it doesn't mean that you don't like that person or what they do, but it's just that it will help you come back to your own voice. And yeah, you'll be able to guide yourself much better without those kind of influences there. Um, so yeah, I have actually, I try not to follow too many business people because I see people doing stuff and either it triggers my comparison. I'm like, oh, they're doing amazingly. Why aren't I doing that well? Or it's just, oh, they're doing that thing. Maybe I should be doing that yeah, thing. Am exactly. I missing out by not doing yeah. that thing? So I think a lot of it is actually shutting out the noise. Um, I've also got back into doing regular meditation recently this year. And that's really helping. Just, I think it just helps me bring that sense of calm and reconnect with my intuition a little bit rather than looking outside of me for all of the answers so a bit of meditation and also walking I love my walking I get out for a good I've got dogs so I walk every day but I try to every week go for a really long walk which just really clears my mind and I find after a while that's when I start getting those ideas that are really truly mine because I'm just sort of switching off my brain it's just subconsciously mulling over and that's when it starts to kind of come up with my own ideas rather than oh she's doing that maybe I should be doing that (laughs) everything you've said there I totally resonate with and I've I used to feel bad about unfollowing and and muting people or not listening to people's podcasts and I choose not to feel bad about it now because it's it's just necessary and I I always need support in my business you know I'm a business mentor but I also need support but I choose where to get that support from so sometimes I'll be in Facebook groups and country and but usually it's like I just need that personal like one-to-one support or yeah, I have yeah. a very small number of people who I, I want their ideas because they help challenge my own but generally I need to take time off especially podcasts like and I feel I sometimes feel bad about it even though I just said I don't because um because I think I've got a business podcast but I don't want to listen to other ones because I can't handle it but it's just it's because we're in that space that we need that break from it so it makes absolute sense um yeah I think it's so important and it's like it's a big part of the puzzle actually in terms of like prioritizing and figuring out which things are worth acting on and which things aren't Mm, yeah and you're so right about not feeling bad about it I think it is a bit of a mindset shift isn't it but I think that's why it was useful for me to kind of realize it doesn't mean I don't like that person or you know really respect what they're doing it's just I I can't have that noise in my head because it's gonna influence me or like make me make the wrong decisions um so understanding why you're doing it 
might help to just help people feel you know it's okay you're allowed you're allowed to not listen to that podcast for a bit or unfollow that person on Instagram it's not a kind of attack (laughs) you know it's for your own it's you know again it's being kind to yourself exactly exactly um so I was just going to ask you a bit about the 12-week planning method you mentioned because if we're talking about sort of ways to prioritize and focus I think it'd be really useful to talk a bit about that um can you just like talk us through it really yeah whistle stop talk yeah yeah definitely yeah so I before I had this business that I do now I used to have a product-based business and that's kind of where I created this 12-week planning process um also I'm super geeky and I just love I just love planning and I was a product project manager at work and things like that so it kind of evolved as I was in that product-based business um but now obviously I help people with their planning and productivity so it's kind of the the central it's the first thing I work on with people I suppose um and the reason why it's 12 weeks is because I don't know whether you've ever tried planning for a year but it's a it's quite overwhelming but b as humans, we're not very good at guessing or kind of being able to estimate how long things are going to take. We've all written something on our to-do list and it's taken three times as long as we thought it was going to take. But actually with with 12 weeks, you can be a little bit more realistic and you feel like you can sort of judge what that, what you will be able to achieve in that sort of time frame. Um, whereas, and I mean, we can never predict what life's going to throw at us, but over a 12 month period, it's a lot harder to predict what's going to happen and what's going to just come up for us, but you can still actually get a real chunk of stuff done in three months, um, or in 12 weeks, pretty much the same time frame. So it's still enough time to be able to make some big changes, but it's not so long that it feels overwhelming. And the whole process starts with what I call find your focus. And that's, kind of where all the work is really like the digging work and the journaling and it's all about looking back looking at your your wins what's going well what felt easy when did you get into that flow um and also what challenges did you face where did you overcome your fear um and basically digging up all of the learnings and to kind of help you figure out that way forward what you want your next step to be and also it's about again it comes back to this kind of prioritization it's about getting all those ideas down that you've had for all these projects and things you want to work on doing all this journaling and digging work and figuring out what do I what do I want more of next quarter what do I want to let go of and then looking back at your list again and thinking right that doesn't align with what I've kind of dug up in my journaling whereas that does And at the end of that find your focus bit, the idea is to just come out with a maximum of three focus areas for the quarter. Um, And actually, for a lot of people, there'll be one or two. And it really is about doing less (laughs) and focusing on just one, two or three things so that you can really put your focus into that rather than spreading yourself too thin across lots of different projects. Um, And that's always the kind of real digging bit. And then you get into the planning, which is a whole lot easier once you've done all of that kind of digging and really thought about your goals and things. Um, So you've got your three focus areas and you basically turn those into goals, um, which I know a lot of people feel a lot of resistance around goal setting and also maybe we need a different word for it. Maybe it's the word goal setting that just sounds a bit sort of hustly maybe, but 
I mean, a bit like me with the website example earlier, if I had set a goal like, right, I'm going to get a landing page live by this date, I wouldn't have perhaps got to that point where I thought, I still haven't finished my website. I'm useless at this. Um, so actually, I think there's a lot to say for goal setting, but maybe it's the way we look at it that needs changing. Um, but then the really key, key bit is breaking that task that project down into all the tiny steps that it's going to take you to reach that goal basically so so that you're not looking at a great big project that feels overwhelming that you're never going to get started with so that you've got right step one is this and step two is that so that each week you've got little bite-sized chunks that you can get to work on rather than being overwhelmed by the big picture and then once you've done all of that, the plan pretty much writes itself. You plot those tasks out over a 12 week period so that the idea is when you get to work on that plan, you just look at one week at a time and you just sort of put your blinkers on and you just look at the tasks on that week in the knowledge that if you get those tasks done that week and those tasks done the next week, you will reach your goal. Um, but of course, there's lots in there about making sure it's realistic and again, making sure that you are being kind to yourself here because I recently ran um, a whole week on this um, planning method in my community, Nurture and Thrive. And on the planning day, we were talking about how do you know when it's realistic? And I was saying, if you look at your plan and you almost feel a bit like there's not enough on there and it looks a bit empty, that's where you want to be aiming for. And then a few weeks later, when I'm kind of asking how people are getting on, they say, oh, it's really interesting because I was almost sort of thinking there wasn't enough on my plan or, you know, I wasn't being ambitious enough, but actually it's the right level because it's realistic. So that's really key as well, I think. Just, again, it takes a lot of digging into your intuition and being honest with yourself and being kind to yourself. But if you have that little inkling, that little gut feel, and it's the same with a daily to-do list as well. If you have that little feeling that mm, it's not really that realistic to, yeah, show yourself that kindness and cut it back. Um, yeah. And then the final bit is just all about getting motivated because actually the planning bit is it's easy when you know how. But the hard bit is doing the work because that's when you have to step outside of your comfort zone. You're doing new things. You're doing things that feel scary. Um, so the final part of that planning is to make sure that you've got the right support. Because like you mentioned earlier, you can't grow a business without support. It's just impossible um, to set up that accountability and to make sure you've kind of, I don't know, thought about your routine and how you're going to actually get this stuff done and make it happen. Um, so, yeah, that was a real whistle stop tour. But, um, yeah, I hope that was useful and just sort of laying out the key parts of it. What I like about it is because I'm someone who really likes a mixture of the real practical and also quite philosophical. And I feel like that's what it is. So what I like is that it really starts with how you feel about things and like being really intentional and you're setting those intentions before you even get to writing anything down on the planner I'm guessing yeah so yeah I really like that I like that it's coming from that place because I do like a practical plan and actually I find that sometimes you may think that not having a plan is like the more simple way to do things but for me it really isn't it's it, that leads to overwhelm so planning in too much leads to overwhelm but so does like not having any plan at all like I'm just like what do I do what am I doing and so I do need a plan and I also really find it overwhelming planning for a year like sometimes I'll do it to get my ideas going but it never 
it's never a proper plan. It's more like an idea sort of exercise. Um, and yeah, I, I like the 90 day plan because I, I feel like planning short term to me leads me to that overwhelm of what am I doing next? What am I doing next? And I feel, yeah, it's obviously like personal to everyone, but finding that right balance between what directs you rather than what make like feels too much basically I guess yeah you're so right that it's a personal thing and you do have to just experiment with it and figure out what works for you and I always kind of encourage people to take my framework but pull it apart and reinvent it for you so there's someone um in my community who has decided actually um she's a potter a ceramicist so she makes in three week cycles so she thought right instead of doing 12 weeks I'm going to do six weeks and that's kind of two making cycles and that's going to work better for me so yeah it's it's so personal and I I love what you said about the practical and the the kind of more philosophical side of it because the more I do the this work the more fascinated I get about yeah you can have all the practical tools but half of making things happen is overcoming fear figuring out how you're going to kind of it's understanding your fear and moving past it understanding your limiting beliefs and all of that kind of stuff so it is you know 50 50 practical but you've also got to address all the mental and emotional stuff that's going on as well yeah yeah and I was actually going to bring up because especially since you mentioned like the cycles of creating and stuff I was thinking about cyclical planning in terms of like you know the monthly cycle and this is something I've been experimenting with for I'm not sure how long um but it's really helping me it's not been that long but it's I found it very helpful because it's it's not just it's taking into account your whole person and literally your physical and emotional needs as well as like what you literally need to get done so in I I do the kind of thing that I, I mentioned Kate Northrop earlier who wrote the book do less she's got stuff about it in her book and um, basically it's just every week you kind of sit down where am I in my cycle how am I feeling energy wise um, how do I want to feel and she also talks about the like moon cycle which I like kind of I like doing a little moon ritual and stuff but I don't feel like the moon cycle affects me personally but I know some people do um, but yeah it's so simple but I feel like it adds in that element that I needed beyond just beyond just getting the stuff done. And if I'm really organized about it, I can plan stuff around my cycle and I'm, I'm starting to learn how I feel at different times of the month. And that is really useful, especially for like recording podcasts and stuff where I'm feeling more chatty. And then just like sometimes you're in a phase where you just want to tick things off the list and get the like cross the T's and dot the I's and stuff. And yeah... I feel like that's a really good way to get self-aware. And I guess that's what you brought up. Yeah, I really want to dig into that a little bit more, actually planning in tune with my cycle, figuring figuring all of that out when my energy levels are kind of high and low. That's something I want to learn a bit more about. Um, but it's interesting that you mentioned the moon because I actually added the moon phases to my 12-week ah. plan recently um, for those people who like to track the moon cycle and I think for some people it's just a really nice checking in point so maybe at new moon you you set intentions at full moon you kind of check in with how things are going what's not serving you and actually it's just quite a nice milestone and also it just feels good to know what's going on seasonally and It, it, it makes me feel a little bit connected to nature yeah yeah and it forces not forces me but it gives me a reason to like do the checking in like you said so whether whether the full moon is the best time to like 
like manifest stuff or whether whatever you know the things that people say the like magical things you can even forget that and just think it's just a nice like point in like in in a natural cycle in which I can do it I I really like that absolutely yeah I really like it and I I actually don't pay loads of attention to the to the calendar months because I I don't know why but I just don't (laughs) particularly follow the calendar months but the moon feels like I don't know. Also, there's so much noise about it on um, noise in a good way um, on Instagram. <laughs> yeah, that I yeah. always get that reminder, whereas at the end of the month, it's kind of I don't know. Maybe I associate end of month with right. I need to update my finances, need to check in with all my numbers, do all that boring stuff. So maybe it's not as inspiring. But um, yeah, it's a good just a good milestone, whether you kind of go in for the manifestation stuff and the moon rituals or whether you just use it as a check-in point yeah yeah and again it's like taking what works for you yeah yeah absolutely I'm I just wanted to ask you because actually we've been talking for a while it's gone quick um I was just going to ask you how how is this like this philosophy of simplicity like how is it showing up for you in your business how is it shaping the way you do things in your business and in your life at the moment yeah sure um I think I'm just super conscious of it at the moment. Um, I think I like to have a lot of space in my diary. So, for example, at the beginning of this year, I have kind of reshuffled my work days because I guess you get to this point in your business where you've been building, 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 and then you actually start taking your clients and then you get kind of busy and then you realise your diary gets full and you don't have that space anymore. So this year I decided Mondays, Thursdays and Fridays, they're going to be my cool days. And then Tuesday and Wednesdays are going to be my sort of working on the business days. Where I do my marketing and things like that, because I don't know about you, but it just, for me, it needs a different sort of headspace yeah, for those two types of work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, cool days, I can kind of show up and have the energy. And then Tuesday, Wednesdays, I can you know, I can work in my pajamas if I want to, I can work from bed if I want to, I can just really get in the zone of writing or whatever it is I'm doing. So that's really helped simplify things. I think I quite like a routine as well, which again is a totally personal thing, but I quite like having a routine and I quite like to know, right, Monday is kind of that day. I purposely chose Monday as cool day to kind of get get a jump start on the week Mm -hmm. and kind of force myself to show up and and then Tuesday, Wednesday, I know are going to be my quiet days so I can catch up then. Um, so that's one way that I've been focusing on getting simplicity into my into my weeks. And the other thing I have set myself a goal to do is to um, explore a new place each week to force me to get outside and just explore new places with my camera, which it sounds so basic, but it is. I really look forward to it in the week. And actually it's that meditative walking, exploring new places, spotting just seasonal things, um, you know, what, whatever's going on in nature. Um, so, yeah, and I think it is just constantly checking in. And I know people are probably bored of me saying this right now, but constantly checking in, looking at what you've got on your list and thinking, does that need to happen? Because every now and again, you kind of get to this point where you think, what is this all for? What yeah. am I doing? <laughs> and then yeah. you have to kind of go back to, um, and also because this is the beginning of the year, I kind of created a sort of mood board, which I know lots of people have done, of what I actually want my lifestyle to look like, which is very slow. It's all about, you know, living out in the countryside, having time to go for those walks, having time to... I mean, last summer, I 
managed to do quite a lot of work from my garden which was just amazing so yeah I think it's just consciously intentionally looking for opportunities to let go of things to strip things back and yeah it's a constant learning process I think figuring out what really is essential what isn't actually making that much of a difference um and constantly tweaking and recalibrating that compass I suppose um so yeah it's a few examples there but I guess it's just always on my mind a little bit um so yeah I think it's intention really intention absolutely and I feel like that's really true for me as well being really intentional and I have to keep choosing it like you mentioned you know thinking about how you want your life to look and then thinking what do I need to do differently in order to create that and like even things like with the calls and having certain weeks off that this is something I'm constantly working on and improving all the time like knowing when I need to create space, like looking for ways to create space in my days and in the way I work. And also I think something else for me that seems more sort of, I don't know, it doesn't seem so directly related, but I think it really is, is just like cultivating a kind of sense of gratitude for what I have already, because it kind of helps with the whole like striving mentality when you always think you have to do more, more, more. And it's not that I don't have goals and ambitions, but I think it's a really nice balance to have that sense of gratitude and then have your sort of goals from like coming from a better place I guess yeah no I think it's totally connected because it uh it's so simple isn't it but it really (laughs) works to shift shift your mindset to actually I've already got all this amazingness whether you're grateful for physical stuff or your health or whatever but it does help you to stop thinking right I need that and I need that and I need that um but how do you get on with letting go of things because I'm always fascinated by this one because yeah I'm always looking for tips I can pass on to my clients because it's something that people really struggle with yeah it's just I don't know it's I think it's like what I said I I really have to choose it and it isn't always easy and I do try and convey that because I think otherwise it's easy to talk about and people don't really understand that it's really not an easy choice sometimes so I tend to when it comes to like work stuff I tend to think what is my goal at the moment and what and like what do I need so if it's like I I sometimes it's sometimes it's literally as like practical as at the moment I'm in a phase where I need to sign a couple more clients so therefore I need to focus on xyz sometimes it's well a lot of the time it's just like how do I feel checking in with how I feel a lot and and asking myself it's basically what you've said to be honest isn't it it's a lot of self-awareness and a lot of practice yeah I really like what you said about um having being aware of what your overarching goal is because when I say you've got to do less and just focus on the most impactful stuff you've got to know what you're trying to make an impact on so whether it is um whether it is trying to sign up a couple more clients or whether it's actually to scale back the amount of work you're doing or maybe it's to grow your audience you kind of need to be aware of what that overarching goal is so absolutely yeah it's a really good point something I've been talking about with my clients lately is um because you know there's a lot of overwhelm in terms of how you show up online and which marketing places you should like which social media channels you're on and stuff and I've had this, in, and, and a concrete example of this is um, my Facebook group. So I do have a free Facebook group. And I went through a period of time where I was like, I don't know if I want to do this. It was taking up a lot of space in my head, even though I wasn't yeah. working on it a lot. Mm-hmm. And I closed it like temporarily and I kind of thought about it more. And I realized that what was missing was just the intention behind it. I didn't exactly know what it was for in my business. And when I decided that, 
it took away so much overthinking that actually now, and I actually thought I was going to close it for good. And I didn't, when I realized that I was like, no, I actually want to keep it open. And I'm glad I have. And it just came down to having an intention. So knowing, knowing the purpose, like where it sat in my business, what it needed to do for my business, and then being intentional with the way I used it. And it was as simple as that, but it just, it took a while for me to realize that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Right, I'm going to wrap things up because we've been talking for a while. So I'm going to ask you the random question that I picked from my deck of conversation cards. Um, So the question is, if you could do anything in the next year, what would you do and why? So when you, because you prepped me for for this at the beginning (laughs) when we started started recording. Um, But when you originally asked me, the first thing that just popped into my mind, and I guess this was just a complete gut reaction was that I want to um, just do more riding again. So I used to have a a horse and I I hate talking about this because I always feel like, you know, it makes people think that I was like living in some kind of mansion or something. But anyway, (laughs) um, I definitely wasn't. Um, Yeah, I had a horse when I was younger and actually um, had her for years and she had to be put down a few years ago. But I really, really miss it. And I think with this business stuff, it's so easy for it to just take over my life. And I am struggling so hard to make it a priority to to book those riding lessons. It's just, it's really been an eye opener for me, actually, because I know I really, really want to just spend more time riding because to me, that is ultimate freedom. It just really chills me out. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, I can't really explain it. In fact, actually, when I was really struggling with my anxiety, I could not sleep for weeks. I really couldn't sleep. And then eventually I went I went um, riding and um, I almost didn't go because I was so exhausted. And that night I just had the best sleep ever. So there's just something that really switches me off and just completely relaxes me, which um, I guess I'm not very good at doing by myself. So, yeah, I I think this year that really has to be my goal is to yeah it's great having these business goals and everything, but I need you know some personal goals and I need to make that happen. Oh, yeah. Um, to go after that lifestyle that I want to create. It's like a gentle kind of personal goal, isn't it as well? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, actually, my boyfriend bought me lessons for for Christmas, so it's kind of like all I have to do is book it. But even then, it's just it's crazy I really need to work on prioritizing my own stuff that's not business I think think a lot of people relate to that I personally relate to it because I had this sort of I don't know this intuitive thing come to me towards the end of last year and I was like I need to play my piano because and I used to play a lot and I feel like it's just a bit sad that I'm not doing it and I get the same feeling that you described you know I just get it clears my head in a totally different way to like anything else so yeah Ah, oh, I like that you answered it like that. We can hold each other accountable yeah, to that. Yeah, <laughs> and I've I've purposefully set myself a really gentle goal with it. Like I just want to learn one song, one new song this year. Obviously, I may learn more, but that is my kind of gentle way to kind of make myself do it. But yeah. Oh, thank you so much. I really love this chat. Very philosophical. Yeah, me too. Like, You're more than welcome. Fun. No, I could chat to you all day. But I really love that. Thank you. If you want to find out more about Josephine and what she does, just go to josephinebrooks.co.uk or find her on Instagram at josephinebrooks. And make sure you check out her podcast too. It's called Make a Plan, Make It Happen. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Creatively Human. If you have a moment, I'd be so grateful if you could rate and review the podcast. It really does make a difference. 
And if you'd like to carry on the conversation or ask a question for a future Q&A episode, there are three ways to connect with me. On the Facebook group, on Instagram, at Ruth Poundwhite, or my personal favourite, my behind-the-scenes newsletter. Just go to ruthpoundwhite.com forward slash newsletter to subscribe. And keep doing what you're doing, because your work really does matter.